world around us is there are voices that are speaking and influencing us in everyday situations, in our decisions, and in our actions. As a matter of fact, we could look at those voices and we can think about a number of different things or, or different voices that come in. When you were growing up, I don't know if you were like me, but when I was growing up, I could always tell when I was in trouble, right? Like, it wasn't just the tone of voice, it was the statement that came out. Brian Michael Grout, uh-oh, right? Like, the minute those three words came out of my mom's mouth or my dad's mouth, it was like, yep, this is not good. <laughs> I knew whatever it was that I was facing, I'm pretty sure a belt or at least grounding, right? Like that was the things that I was going to face in the midst of, of what we have. But when you think about voices, we're surrounded by voices. In fact, we're bombarded constantly with voices telling us what to do, telling us how to think, how should I act or respond to certain situations. And let me even clarify on this, we have voices that tell us what to believe. Now, there are voices that are good voices that tell us what to believe and how to act, and there are voices that I believe we allow to influence us to make bad decisions on what to believe and how to act. We have voices from friends, family, parents, news, politics, ideological voices, social media, God. Some of us, even all of us, have internal voices that speak to us, right? Fear, doubt, worry, discouragement, depression. All of these things are voices that when you take all of them into consideration and think about that, what we really end up is what we just heard. We have chaos in our lives because we're trying to determine what is trying to be said, but at the same time, we're getting all the static and the feedback from everything else. And so over the next five weeks, we're going to be looking at this sermon series called Voices, and we're going to be dealing with things like what you just saw in the video. We're going to talk today about what it means to listen to the voice of truth, right? How do I learn to listen to a voice of truth, the voice of truth? And next week, we're going to be talking about what it means to live or, or listen to the voice of the Spirit, right? So if you're a person who deals with sin and you, you keep running into the same sin over and over and over again, it's one of those things that all of us deal with that we have to begin to look and go, how do I, how do I defeat the sin by listening to the Spirit? And part of that is going to go with today with the voice of truth. But listen to this. On a typical day, we see or hear between 4,000 and 10,000 advertisements right? All of which I forget. <laughs> the other day we were sitting at the dinner table <laughs> and we have these cards that, 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 that we ask questions on these cards. And one of the questions is, what is something that you have remembered that, that is just a random weird thing? And my kids go, can you say it? I don't, I don't know it. Call 886 for B-O-B, remember 913? Is that something like that, right? You know what I'm talking about? Like my daughters both went down this, and I was like, yep, I know that now. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> if you listen to radio long enough, you know exactly what it is. But all of these 
things speak into us. And I want you to turn your Bibles. If you don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screen ahead. And I'm gonna let you know, we're gonna be in multiple sections today as we look at this. But we're gonna start in John chapter 20. We're gonna start in verse one. We're gonna read to verse nine. And I'm gonna reference a few other verses. Listen to what he says. It says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple. Now, the other disciple is a simple way of John saying, that's me, right? Okay. He didn't want to say it's him, but it's John. So Simon Peter and John, the one Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. Right. You got to think about the voice that's going on in their mind right now. It's like, oh my gosh, what the heck has just happened? Jesus, the one we were following for the last three years, he was crucified a couple days ago, and now he's gone, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Imagine the voice that's running through their mind as they're running toward that tomb, going in that direction. And listen to what it says. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. In other words, Peter was not very good at long-distance running. And, they reached the, and he reached the tomb first. So John reaches the tomb first. He bent over and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, you can imagine, man, dude, you always run like that? Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, this is John, went inside and he saw and believed. So John believes. But then listen to verse 9. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. These are the disciples who had walked with Jesus for over three years, or roughly three years, who had watched him do miracles and perform all kinds of great things in the midst of them right? He challenged them. He taught them. He had spent time with them. And it says that they believed, but yet at the same time, they didn't understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead, right? One of the things we look at, because we always look at Good Friday and we think about the reality of what Good Friday represents, right? Christ crucified. Christ goes to the cross. At any point, Jesus could have come down. As a matter of fact, it says that the tax or the, the leaders, the religious leaders, as well as one of the thieves is like, hey, you should just come down. If you're really God, why don't you come down? And what we begin to see is this. The reality is that Jesus had to stay on the cross because Jesus staying on the cross is what purchases mankind's sins. It's the, it's the thing that pays the price for the sins of all mankind and it allows us to celebrate what we today call Easter. And what we understand from Scripture oftentimes is blared out or blurted out or, or overwhelmed by the static that we get from all of the outside world, whether it's social media, the news, friends, co-workers, and things like that, where we begin to question and doubt and not understand when the response should be belief. So remember, it says that John believed, right? But yet they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. See, everything and everyone has a voice. And every one of those voices communicates a message the question begins, or the question needs to be asked is this, who do I listen to? Or what do I listen to? 
Proverbs 14, verse 12 says this, there is a way that appears right, but in the end, it leads to death. I learned it this way. There is a way that appears right to man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. There are things in our lives that we begin to look at and we go deep down inside and we go, this is the way I think it's right, but in the end, it leads to destructive things within my life. Sin leads to a destructive nature in my life. And what we see as we wrestle with Scripture, we begin to look at Scripture, is that we see that sin is something that all of us deal with. As a matter of fact, if you remember anything, I want you to remember this today, that the voice of truth died for my sins, rose again, and listen, calls me to true life in Christ. See, here's what we see in Scripture. If I want to experience life, if I want to understand the abundant life that Jesus talks about, if I want to experience the life that he promised me, if I want to experience the boldness that he talks about, if I want to experience the forgiveness of sins, I want to experience life and life more abundantly, then I have to experience it in Jesus. Whereas the world, again, the static outside will say, oh, you don't need all that mess. You just need to do these things, right? I love how people will say, you just need to love others. Well, that's great, but where does love come from? The Bible says that Love comes from God because God loved first. Therefore, if we show love, we show the love of God. And that's how you love people who don't agree with you or don't think like you. But the voice of truth died for my sins, rose again, which is what we celebrate today, and calls me. Listen, when he rises again, he's calling us to experience true life or an abundant life in him. So here's three things that I wanna give us today that we have to do in order to respond to the voice of truth. Number one is this. We have to stop listening to the father of lies. Now, from the beginning, what we see in scripture, what we see in the Bible is this. From the beginning, man has had an innate nature to listen to themselves or outside voices instead of listening to the voice of truth. What we see in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve was the standard I'm going to listen to somebody else who spoke something better, right? So like when it says the serpent came to him and said, surely you're not going to die if you eat from the tree of life. You hear the voice of doubt? The voice of falsehood? The voice of lies that plays out and Adam and Eve so simply and so quickly gave in to that temptation. And so here's what I want us to understand. In order to experience the life that Jesus wants us to experience, I have to stop listening to the father of lies. Adam and Eve listened to the serpent. John 8 verse 44 says this. I want you to think about this verse as I think about this. This is talking about, this is a direct statement from Jesus talking about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning. John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So 8.44, he says he was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. It's important for us to understand that what we see in our culture and what we see in various things is that Satan wants to continue to work in the lying world that he operates in order to destroy and destruct people's lives. 
I mean, and we can look at it deep within each one of ours. This is not a, per, a point to, to point out everybody else's sin, but it's a point to look deep within my own and say, God, what the heck are you trying to reveal to me? What are the lies that I have bought into and listened to that have influenced my life to make me think that all of a sudden that there's some value? I, I'll use this example, right? Like in high school, I did everything I could to be popular to the point of, sacrificing what I would call character, integrity, and any sort of biblical witness whatsoever. All to gain acceptance of people that honestly, and if some of you are listening online, I'm sorry, but (laughs) to gain the acceptance of people that I haven't seen for 25 years, other than our 20-year high school reunion. All to become popular. And listen, here's, here's the thing that goes on in the world today. In order to be accepted and liked by other people, we will cater or we will cower away from truth in order to please people that may be walking and listening to the Father of lies. And this plays out in every role or in every area of our life. It plays out in what I think and what I believe. It plays out in my actions towards others. It honestly plays out in what I listen to or what I watch and things like that. And it's important for us to understand that we have to stop listening to the father of lies. See, there is a way that seems right to man, right? But in the end, if it leads to destruction, this whole idea is this, that we think we can know better. Just like Adam and Eve did in the, in the garden. Oh, surely God's withholding something from me. So I think better. And since I think better, God doesn't know what he's doing, so I'm kind of going to push him to the side, and he's got to get with the times. See, when we respond or believe the father of lies, then all we have done is bought into the lie that he has come to offer us life. When Jesus is very clear that he came to steal, kill, and destroy I look around our church and I think about the statistics that we've seen recently. 73% of the households around our church, right around our church, 73% of the households around here are opioid addicts. 76% of the families around our church are broken families. And please hear me out when I say this. We're going to serve and love and minister to everybody that we can. But that is the work of Satan. That is the work of the father of lies. If I just find somebody new or I find somebody different, if I just go the way that I want to go instead of listening to what God has said, if I just find that validation acceptance because I really need that fix, then I'll be more joyful. It'll help me forget my problems. Matter of fact, I'm excited to say that three weeks weeks ago, Chris, Huey, and and Zach Voss have recently started up an addiction recovery ministry right here in the church. Um, yeah, woo right? It's meeting on Tuesday nights. And if you're a person who says, listen, that's one of my struggles, we're not going to look at you as a problem. We're going to look at you and say, hey, we, wanna, we want to be an encouragement to you to help you overcome what Satan wants to do in your life, which is destroy you. And so you're invited Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, it's up here, Chris and, and Zach are leading it. But I want to encourage you with this. Listen to, to this when we talk about the father of lies. When we allow outside influence to lead us to beliefs or decisions contrary to what God, God's truth speaks, we put ourselves in grave danger to buy the lie. 
Matter of fact, when you allow yourself to constantly listen to it, eventually you're going to pull the trigger and buy the lie. As a matter of fact, I wanted to look this up, and we're going to hammer some of this out. Frequent social media use has been linked to an increase in depression, anxiety, and loneliness. The very thing that is meant to connect us is the very thing that we also allow to lead us into depression and anxiety. Now, I'm not anti-social media, so don't be like, oh, good grief, a pastor up here going to tell us we shouldn't be using social media, Right? But I want you to understand what goes on as the father of lies uses social media to influence us. In order to boost self-esteem and to feel a sense of belonging, this is a direct quote from an article I found with a, uh, uh, it's called McLean. They're part of the Harvard Medical Institute. They say this, in order to boost self-esteem and feel a sense of belonging in their social circles, people post content with the hope of receiving positive feedback. Couple that content with the structure of potential future reward, and you get a recipe for constantly checking your social media platforms. That's why, for some of us, we have a constant problem, right? Like, my phone's in my pocket, and maybe I get a notification on my watch, or maybe I don't. But I'm like, oh, did anybody respond? And they say, realistically, that it actually creates a dopamine addiction in my brain because it's just like playing slot machines. If I put that quarter in, I yank it again, it's going to be a different response. I'm going to win. I'm going to get a different response. Did you know that, and, and I said this this morning, some of it, between the ages of 10 and 14, that suicide has increased 300%, and yet we continue to allow our kids to to, to connect and listen to the various things that are happening in social media. We've recently experienced this in our own family where people are using social media to attack others in a non-confrontational way because it can stay private, but they post things about individuals. Now, you want to talk about bullying? Like I was, I was talking the, the other day. When I grew up, you know how you stood up to a bully? Now, this is my non-pastoral side, so I just got to clarify. <laughs> you punch him in the nose. All right, you punch a bully in the nose, he'll back down, right? But now we've got our teenagers who are dealing with social media bullying and things online that we have never experienced. And they don't know sometimes who it is and what's going on, but things are said about them. And here's the deal. When we listen to the father of lies, which also includes what other people may say that may be derogatory or negative about me, then all I do is set myself up for a failure because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your kids. He wants to steal your passion. He wants to steal your heart. He wants to steal your purity. He wants to steal your holiness. He's going to do everything he can to work against you. And social media apps and websites have the same side effect. As that gambler who's stuck there just pulling the lever on a slot machine. And so what I want to challenge us is that we begin to look at social media in a way where I don't listen to everything that's going on. Regardless of who posts those things, you have to begin to determine what is truth and what is a lie. And that's where our society struggles. Number two. We said this, if the voice of truth died for my sins, rose again and calls me to true life in Christ, number one, I have to stop listening to the father of lies. Number two, I have to listen to the voice of truth. 
I have to determine what the voice of truth is speaking to me, what Jesus is saying consistently. And that's why you can say old-fashioned whatever you want, but I have to live under the authority of God's word in order to make the wise and right decisions in every area of my life. The authority of God's word allows me to walk in the abundance and joy that Jesus talks about from the get-go. Listen to Hebrews chapter two. I'm gonna flip over there real quick. Hebrews chapter two, starting in verse one. I'm gonna read this verse and I'm gonna jump into it. Listen to what he says. He says, we must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. See, Jesus in his interaction with sinners and tax collectors never condemns them, right? But he does condemn the sin. He never condemns the individual. He does condemn their sin. There's a point where he runs into the woman at the well. The woman at the well has had adulterous relationship after adulterous relationship. She's not married. She's doing all kinds of crazy things. And Jesus comes to her. He talks to her about what it means to be life. And then he says this, go and sin no more. It doesn't mean you're going to be sinless, right? Jesus dying on the cross does not mean now that you walk free from sin, but it does mean that I have to try and make every effort to listen to the voice of truth so I don't walk in sin consistently. Sin is always confronted with truth. And when truth confronts you because you're walking in sin, you have to let truth, the voice of truth, Jesus do the work to get rid of the sin in your life. And so we must listen to the voice of truth. And when I listen to the voice of truth, there's, there's a big picture here. And this is one of my things with my son lately. I said, you heard that. And he goes, yeah, but I didn't listen. <laughs> right? Like, it's like, okay. And my wife would probably say, well, that's you. He's got it from you. Okay. <laughs> but we have to listen for the voice of truth. And what we begin to do is look at God's word and say, God, what are you trying to show me based upon this? God's word reveals our sin. God's word reveals our need for Jesus. It shows his love for us, God's love so much for us that he sent his son to die on the cross, that there's a promised hope because he rises again, that I don't have to walk in death. I don't have to walk enslaved to my sin that I was so easily entangled in before, but now I can walk in life. And that's what he wants us to do. I can't tell you how many times I have, I have counseled with people and talked with people and I know deep down inside, that they want to experience life, but you don't listen to the voice of truth. And when you decide to reject or not listen to the voice of truth, you will never experience the life that God had for you. Never. I don't care what you do. No matter what you try, no matter what you do, you will never experience the fruitful, joyful, loving life that God has for you until you listen to the voice of truth. We have to listen to the voice of truth. Listen, listen to what he says in verse Hebrews chapter three. I'm gonna jump in real quick. Hebrews chapter three, starting in verse 12, it says this. See to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you, listen to this, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So here's what he says. Make sure that you don't have a sinful, unbelieving heart, number one, and number two, so that, right, we're going to be encouraging each other so that we're not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So it's played out in this 
way that, that, that we have to begin to understand that sin, when it gets a hold of our heart, begins to develop a hardness of heart that says, I'm not going to believe. Romans chapter 1 says we begin to suppress the truth because of the unrighteousness in our heart. In other words, the voice of truth is trying to bubble up and speak to you, but deep down inside, you're like, I'm not going to listen because I've got to deal with this. And when I deal with these things or when I start to deal with this, I don't want to deal with it. So I'm just going to suppress the voice of truth. I'm not going to listen to them and I'm going to follow the way I want to go. So he says, we encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that, right, someone or none of us would be hardened by sinful, sin's deceitfulness. But then listen to what he says. He goes on. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the end the confidence we had first. As has been said, listen, today, if you hear his voice, that's the voice of truth, Jesus calling. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in rebellion. As a matter of fact, there's a statement as it finishes out that section. I'm not going to read the rest of it, where it talks about the Israelite people, the Jewish people who had been led out of slavery to Egypt, who had been led across the Red Sea, parted the sea, walks across into the freedom. They're heading towards the promised land, but they walked in rebellion. They had been delivered out of slavery. They had been given victory over the Egyptians, and yet they still walked. Listen, they still walked into death by not listening to the voice of truth because they were told to do certain things and they didn't. And the minute we walk in disobedience is the minute we begin to understand that we will never experience the joy. And if you were to look at verse 19 in Hebrews chapter three, it says this. So we see that those or that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. The voice of truth is calling out. And those who choose not to believe, those who suppress the truth, those who allow their hearts to be hardened by sin's deceitfulness are not allowed to enter. So that's number two. We said number one, if the voice of truth died for my sins, rose again and caused me to true life, then in order to hear it, I've got to stop listening to the father of lies, number one. Number two, I have to listen to the voice of truth. And then number three is this, I have to follow the voice of truth. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 says, Here I am, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my, get this, voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with them and they with me. I believe playing this out as we look at it is the voices outside are loud. And if you could imagine Jesus standing at a door while everybody else is out there, while every other thing is going on. And listen, here's the deal. Inside, we've got outside voices and we've got our inside voices, right? Inside, there's fear, there's doubt, there's discouragement, there's depression, there's anxiety, there's worry, there's a, a, a lack of, maybe you feel like there's a lack of love and things like that. You're on the inside and you're dealing with all those voices that are internally going on. And then outside, you've got media and social media and friends and family and peers. And at the same time, Jesus is quietly knocking. And the voice of truth, if you hear my voice and you open the door, you eat with me and I will eat with you. This idea of following the voice of truth is acknowledging, listen, it's acknowledging Jesus' death burial and resurrection for my sins. 
Jesus is knocking on the door. He's done everything for us to experience a life of abundance and fulfillment, fulfillment. And he wants, listen, he wants to be the voice that speaks the loudest in the good times and the bad. He wants to help you overcome those internal voices that say you don't have value or purpose or you're seeking your value and purpose in other things. He wants to strengthen you and encourage you to uphold you with his righteous right hand. Listen to John chapter 10. He says this, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hands. That's the picture that we play out when we see this, is this whole idea that Jesus says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me and they follow my voice. And the reason why he throws that out is because there were other shepherds. There were other people calling out and vying for the the ears and the hearts of those people. And there were shepherds that didn't have any love or encouragement or care for those sheep. But Jesus says, these are my sheep. And my sheep know me. And they know my voice. And they follow me. And when the shepherd moved, he would move usually by singing. And when he sang, his people would follow him or his sheep would follow him. And so my question today is this. And I just want you to think about these questions Here are some practical areas to consider. Three questions real quick, and I'm going to close. Number one, who do I give power to speak into my life? In other words, I don't just say who, but what. What am I listening to? What am I believing? Who is influencing me? Why do I allow them to speak into me? What is it about them that they're saying that, that, that maybe builds you up, but yet at the same time is leading you in the wrong direction. So that's question one. What or who do I give power to speak into my life? Number two, what voices am I listening to? Some of those could be internal voices. Things like you don't matter. You have no value or purpose. You can't be loved. There is no hope. You need to be more stressed and worried about all of those things. And number three is this. Have I heard and responded to God's voice today? Number one, who am I listening to? What am I listening to? Number two, what voices am I listening to? Number three, have I heard and responded to God's voice today? Remember, we started off this with this whole idea, this crazy chaos in our bumper sermon or in our bumper video, in the sermon video. And I believe that our lives are full of chaos. And there are all kinds of voices and noise that's vying for our attention. But Jesus is standing at the door and he's knocking. You just got to not listen to the father of lies and learn to listen for the voice of truth. Here's what we're going to do. I just want every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to close with this song. Matter of fact, we're going to close with this song. We'll have a a brief video. But if you're a person today who would say, listen, I, I, I do have some questions. I'm not ready necessarily to commit completely to Jesus, but I would love to talk to somebody about it. If you grab that connection card, you can place it in the offering plate, or you can come up. I'd love to talk with you up here. Then we would love to talk to you about the voice of truth and who Jesus is. But I also want to encourage us with this. 
Maybe you're a person today who would say, I have suppressed the voice of truth, but I know it's time. I've got to commit my life to Christ. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe he rose again, offering me life and life more abundantly. But I have been walking in the mire, trapped by the chains of sin. And I want to make it known that I am putting Jesus first. And you could fill out that connection card as well. Contact us or I'd love to talk with you as well up here. Maybe you're a person who just says, listen, I've been bombarded by outside voices and I need to allow Jesus to speak truth in my life consistently. I believe all of us have a decision to make today. Who and or what are we going to listen to? And are we going to allow room for God's voice to speak louder than every other voice? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.